Welcome to another episode of Distry. My name is Skipper Kirk from Walrus Carp, and with me, as always, is the amazing, always talented uh, adventurer of Throwback Night, Skipper Kate, the Disney Cicerone. Kate, how are we doing this evening? <laughs> I am doing okay. I feel like <laughs> I'm... Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still transitioning back from Disneyland, which is, of course, always very hard to do when you mm-hmm. love Disney. Um, but I did get to go to Throwback Night, which was incredible. And I really enjoyed seeing all of the 1950s and 60s kind of vibes there and the swing dancing and the characters. And I got to meet Mr. Tom Morrow. I can't believe that. I mean, there there were some really unique characters that you would never, ever see unless you went on that experience. There's a lot of people that didn't know who he was because I, I heard them asking in line, like, who is this? They're like waiting oh, in line wait. for photos. Who is this guy? Why has he got an, a scarf on? <laughs> it was funny. So anyway, did no, we I'm ever good. did we ever get a uh, an actual representation of what Tom Mora looks like prior to that? Yeah, I think so. He was wasn't he an auto animatronic? I feel I like. Know. We I need really to don't. do I, Rocket to the Moon, Flight to the Moon. I haven't, yeah, I've, I've never really researched it, and I didn't grow up with it, so yeah. Yeah, I'd have to dive into that. We should add it to the list, because that one would be really fun to research. I already added stuff to our list. Did you say I put I saw, I saw, There's, I know. <laughs> it's I have all so selfish, because it's just things I want to look up, <laughs> because I like those things. Well, same. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I added to the list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, all right, well... Now, today, we are jumping back into our skipper steamer boat, and we are heading uh, up the river to the Indian bathing pool. So we have just left our Cambodian temple. However, we paused. Um, We were doing lots of Cambodian history and a little bit of religion as well last week. Uh, However, we want to now start at Ganesha and then move forward, correct? But you want to go backwards first. So let's do that first. Just a little. Just because I was in Disneyland, and of course, when we are in the parks, we take an extra long look at some of the things, you know, especially when you're studying something like we are with Jungle Cruise. I feel like every time I'm on it, I'm looking for certain things now. And I'm not really sure how I missed this, (laughs) but I will, in my defense, at the end of the Jungle Cruise in Disneyland, they park like all the ECVs right there. So my I've never been able to like have access to this particular area because it's always like full of ECVs, right? Mm. But there is something that is at the end of um the Jungle Cruise and it is a carnivorous plant. I know. When you sent me that text, I was like, that is so cool. Cause we for the longest time you and I were convinced that it only existed in the Walt Disney World queue. So that throwback to Mark Davis that Kevin Lively brought back to life. Yeah. It's even like trying to get out of its cage by like pulling on the bars, which is really fun. And they also have a little, a few nods to Dr. Leonard Moss. So they have little samples and then they have, um, they actually, I think I don't have a, I don't have a photo of it here, but they have a clipboard that has notes to Alberta Moss on it and talks about all of the plants, which is really fun. And I'll, I'll, um, post that later in our discord. But so this is Dr. Leonard Moss's pack. That in Florida version is actually on his back, but yeah, in Disneyland he's, he's it's going, not. He's up the rhino pole and he's got mm-hmm. it on his back. Yep, but in Disneyland's version, it's at the exit, which I think is really interesting. So, yeah, uh, that's something. And then one more small thing that I found. 
Do you remember way back when we did our landscaping episode of the Jungle Cruise? And mm -hmm. we talked about how they were just, they didn't have a lot of money. So they were trying to be, um, use a lot of ingenuity in their design, right? And they took some orange uh, orange trees and uh, walnut trees and they flipped them upside down and put them in the water. And we saw some of that on the vintage footage, right? Well, I don't know how I ever missed this because they're, I think these are fake versions of it now. Like they've just recreated them, but they're there. This was one I took this week. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you've noticed it too, because in the future, when we talk about the snake scene, you know, that snake scene has one of those flipped over orange trees. It's basically mm -hmm. the same style and look, which are yeah. very Banyan-like in a way. They like are. the structure of them are very, you know, so I, it's it's a smart way to use agriculture that's close to represent yeah. something, you know? They just tossed them in the water, made it happen. So anyway, those are just some small things I noticed while I was on the on the attraction this week. And so I thought I would share those. But I am ha all happy to go full steam ahead towards the uh, elephant bathing pool. I can say elephant bathing pool. All right. <laughs> uh, I want to start off with a billboard if I can. So let me just flip this around. They they flipped this also on me. Hang on. So the first thing I have over here is this is the $7 million Disneyland expansion billboard that they actually physically had within Disneyland itself. And some of the things, it was really, really fun because there's, I mean, obviously Haunted Mansion, awesome. Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, which I do want to talk about a little bit. Our African Velt, which became extremely violent. <laughs> you have the yes. uh, Tahitian Harris, which is awesome. Um, the big game safari was really cool. We'll have to do that another time. But that was another shooting gallery that they added that was painted as well. So it had all the same issues of the other ones where, you know, the little pellets, they shot 22s that basically were compressed air filled with BBs. And it would you'd shoot big game hunting. It was really cool. I found some really cool pictures for that. But they physically did have a East Indian wild elephant herd and they they show that specifically in the billboard that they were plussing in this seven million dollar renovation of disneyland from i love that you have 63. that can you keep that up and i have some publicity blurbs from 1962 please blurb it <laughs> um one says nearly two dozen life-size Indian elephants like these playful fellows will splash and squirt and spray at Disneyland this summer in the new Adventureland Jungle Cruise, Jungle River Cruise. Big ones and little squirts, they'll cavort for explorers taking the boat trip down the jungle waterways where a new African veldt complete with lions, tigers, zebras, giraffe and laughing hyenas and other animals is also taking shape for June opening. The two-year, $7 million Disneyland expansion will also include the world's largest treehouse for summer of 62. And then I have a, another blurb that's separate that's, but similar. It says, a portion of the nearly two dozen Indian elephants being added to Disneyland's Jungle River Cruise is viewed here in the artist's sketches. So this is showing concept art by Mark Davis at this point. Big ones and little squirts. The elephants will frolic and splash in the waters of Adventureland beginning in June. The world's largest treehouse, three unique restaurants operated by nationally known Stouffer's Company, and a safari shooting gallery comprise the 1962 portion of Disneyland's two-year $7 million expansion. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. It also made me go into Tahitian Terrace's menu for a little bit, and I was like, oh, God, oh, stay focused. Get out of here, because it's so cool. <laughs> like, I wish I could I eat there. We need a whole episode just on the Tahitian Terrace and Tropical mm, Highway yeah. area. 
Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yes. Cool. Alrighty. I love it. I love that you found uh, information. It was like a perfect little segue. So um, I have, gosh, there's so much about this. I have a little bit of like the backstory for this elephant, this elephant area. Um, I mentioned it in our previous episode last week that um, we'd heard a little bit about Trader Sam and uh, how he was involved here. And I did find a couple versions of this. I don't know how official Disney it is. It might be more like fan fiction <laughs> or cast members that have made up stories because we did see that in the Haunted Mansion, right? That they had the ghost gallery and they had the, the cast members like wrote this whole backstory that wasn't official um, it wasn't canon, but some of the things eventually did become canon. So for this, um, one of them that we kind of talked about last week was uh, Trader Sam accidentally dumped a liquor concoction in, into the pool behind the temple, resulting in said pool becoming a hotspot for Indian elephants for years to come. Because apparently they like the liquor that he poured in there. And uh, it says the waters were originally uninhabited leading to them having been visited by the ancient magic user, Trader Sam, prior to or during the golden age of piracy. After making his first liquor concoction, Sam accidentally spilled a barrel of the booze into the waters. Upon arriving the next day, Sam found that the liquor had attracted a large number of elephants who drank its booze. <laughs> so maybe that's why they're cavorting about. because <laughs> they were very happy. It's happy hour mm -hmm. in the elephant bathing pool. There's... <laughs> <laughs> so there is a there's an old old thought process behind um behind elephants and supposedly getting drunk on fermented fruit in africa it's a myth scientists say that just because of the size of elephants it's next to impossible for them uh, but there is a fruit and this actually does tie into walt disney world as well uh, there's a fruit that's called the marula fruit and so this is kind of like where you're you're talking about specifically uh, like if Trader Sam was going to dump a liquor, maybe it would be made of this marula fruit. Uh, and but because of the physical weight and size of them, they would never get intoxicated on the amount of sugar alcohols that would be produced. However, if you actually go to Sanaa, which is over in uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, they actually do serve a couple of cocktails with this Amarula, which is a creamy liqueur made from the Marula fruit, which has an elephant as their logo. Oh, that's so interesting. Cool. Yeah. That's so interesting. They uh -huh. would have to have like tons and tons and tons of these in order to start frolicking in the bathing pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a hefty Disney bill for those elephants <laughs> I think so yeah it's like Andre the Giant Andre the Giant needed like a case of beer to even like have any effects so <laughs> I'm sorry to make the connection oh gosh um, so I have let's see where should we go from here because I have I have things that just of like the structure and concept art of these elephants. Should we kind of talk about that first? Hang on, hang on, move? hang on. I just want to show one thing real quick. So if you do go to Sanaa and you do want to get this, there is a specialty drink. I've actually had it. It's called the Painted Lemur with amarilla fruit cream liqueur, 
tangerine liquor, South African combined with a chocolate striped glass to look like a Madagascar lemur's tail for fourteen fifty. And they do have a lounge there too, so you can actually. Get I would that. try that. I would. Yeah, yeah. Like that. that sounds good. It was. It's. It's kind of chocolate martini ish, but fruity would be the best way to put it. Interesting. You know? So yeah. Well, thanks for that, Kirk. That's fun. Yeah. No worries. Um, okay. Do you want to move? We could kind of move through it as the scene, or we could talk about concept art first. What What is your? <clears throat> I mean, I have all the concept art right in front of me. So if there's something specific you want to talk about, I've got the entire book and most of. And then, of course, Blaine Gibson's uh, sculptures before we actually get into the scene, because I'd rather talk about concept first. Yeah. And then show what actually occurred second. Okay, let's do that. Okay. so let's talk about concepts. Um, I know that I have this quote from Blaine Gibson. I think it's in the book, too where he says he's talking about um, sculpting these elephants and creating them because he didn't do the original ones, okay? He, but he did do them when we um, redid the attraction in the 1960s, or parts of the attraction, I should say. Um, so he said, in redoing the Jungle Cruise, I hadn't worked on the original animals, and we didn't like those very much. They were rather crudely done. I don't mean to put anybody down, but they weren't all that they could be. Mark Davis came in with these wonderful little sketches and concepts, which were very much more inspiring. And so I had done a whole bunch of scale models of these. We had actually made a three-dimensional setting of these and then sawed some of the plaster cast elephants off so they'd fit in the water. Jack Furges, who did all of those Museum of the Weird sculptures, by the way, for Mark Davis, Jack Furges and I were the entire model, model department at the time. We had to do the sculpting and painting and he was such a wonderful model builder that we didn't need anybody else. There's lots of discussion among the design team at WED, and Walt was very involved in this. And then he also said, Jim Casey also did a lot of good work with me on sculpting the elephants down in Disneyland. Both Mark and I were animators, so making sure the elephants had expressions that people could relate to came naturally. We did discuss how much caricature to use with Walt, and he always had the last word when he saw the models. So I'm sorry. I probably should have done drawing first, but here it is. No, you're okay. I we can go with the flow. The um, I also found uh, you know how auction houses are great to find things for sale. By the way, there was a piranha that sold. I don't know how much it sold from. That was in Disneyland, and I like freaked out. I was like, see, that would be like if I had money, like that would be a silly (laughs) thing that I would have in my house. Uh, But I did find one of the maquettes were. That sold for about three thousand uh, dollars. An original from now. This is from Walt Disney World, but just kind of gives you an idea of what these maquettes would have looked like. Which I think is just yeah. kind of cool. I found one as well in an it's, auction uh, house. Yeah, <laughs> and this one. is this is identical to the original. You know, some of Blaine Gibson's and some not. And I think it's important that we point out here that none of these elephants in the bathing pool have tusks, so that implies that they are all female. Mm. elephants at least the adult ones which i think is is really interesting and i think i found one this is another one that was an auction house look like this and this should look pretty familiar to you because it was it's the one you see in the attraction yep that is uh that's definitely the most famous of all the elephants which is used several times at least in the walt disney world version you have way more elephants too than us we, well, 
I don't know. You guys have a lot of repeat elephants. We have a lot more variety of elephants, I would say. <laughs> Fair enough. So I showed this one earlier when we were talking about cavorting elephants. And uh, so we have this one. We have Mark Davis one. This is another Mark Davis concept art picture for it. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these black and white sketches. We well, we know of Mark Davis is he always did a lot of this exploratory work when he was assigned something where he would kind of create all these different scenarios and play around with it and see if he could find um, to see what works and what doesn't. And so some of the stuff ended up in the attraction and some of it didn't. That's that happened a ton with Mark Davis's work. Yeah, I love that. And uh, and frankly, the humor and the expressionism within you know, not only are these uh, non-communicative to humans, like you have to do everything either expressively through motion or through facial features. And uh, I just think he always did such a nice job. It's it's like almost like cartoonifying real life in a in a humorous way. And I think he was fantastic at that. Yeah, and I love this one, although I don't think we actually saw this one in the attraction where this elephant is kind of like flinging his trunk up in the air and then shooting water. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah, there's there's one line in here that I think kind of talks about his like, so these little explorations, trying something that our elephants could do that you wouldn't see a real elephant. As a matter of fact, I remember somebody went through one time and a couple of elderly ladies said, well, you can tell me those big elephants aren't real, but those little elephants are real. <laughs> <laughs> I Lady, love they're that. all fake. I, I hate well, to burst your bubble. <laughs> well, Mark Davis said, I want to bring realism and not just animals standing there and so on, but to try and make them entertaining. You can kind of see what these things are and I have a little pattern. So he said, this all led to a very interesting thing that happened when I designed this pool. Blaine Gibson did some magnificent sculptures and maquettes of these things, which we just showed you guys, and put it all together. And later when we went down there to see the thing, uh, there were so many elephants in the pool and I thought I, I knew Walt Disney and how he was going to such a bear on how you stage something. Remember how he got like in trouble about the camp. Remember those, temple, uh, right? those temples. <laughs> Don't screw it up. So he's like panicking because Walt Disney's coming down now to like check it out. Right. And he's like, oh, no, there's too many elephants. And so he said um, he wanted things staged right to tell a story properly. And the first thing I said to him, I said, well, there's one thing that you're probably not going to like. Walt, and that is that nobody can go through here and see all these elephants at one time. And he said, and this is how things began to happen. He said, you know, Mark, that's great. We do so much repeat business down here. That means the next time people come through, they'll see something they hadn't seen before. So he said this was such a learning point, especially with Disneyland, because there's such a high amount of repeat business there. And I would say this affected the pirate ride, Pirates of the Caribbean, and affected a lot of things. This is where they, they started to develop that concept of it being like a cocktail party or being it like where you're, you're kind of just drifting in and seeing a few things and you got to go back and see it again. So, well, it was it was a big part of it, because remember, earlier guests had given the uh, remarks that ah, we don't need to go on the Jungle Cruise. We did that last time. So it was clearly mm -hmm. not worthy enough to spend money a second time. So now I think they're understanding that the more the better in terms of being able to drive attention so that somebody could have a unique experience, which is crazy to me because you and I have been on these attractions so many times. And yet every time I go, I find one more detail. That's yeah. like very commonplace. 
Yeah, I found two this last time. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so And they weren't small email. ones. They weren't like little innocuous ones. No, it's like ones I, I mean, I might have noticed the trees like in the water before, but I never really like made the connection to it. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Um, yeah. So I loved that they also storyboarded this animation of these mm. elephants like um, animation in their films. So um, a very unique way of going about this because they're doing storytelling. So I said, um, any one of these things by itself is relatively meaningless. But when you see a whole area full of elephants, each doing something different, but all related together, this whole thing takes on a form of life, which is the meaning of animation. So Kirk is then showing you there um, this whole scene where these elephants, these two little baby elephants are squirting each other. And it's storyboarding it like they would a movie showing you how this goes, which I think is fascinating. I don't know if we actually got this scene. So a lot of this we didn't get. We, uh, he said we don't have one that has elephants squirting each other now. Well, and he said at some point, I don't know if I have the direct quote, but he did say at some point that he realized that just because you, anim you, you storyboard it and you write it out and you draw it doesn't mean... You can't do the same things in animation that you can necessarily do mechanically in real life, or at least you couldn't at the time with their limited technology. So he made some of these really fabulous animations that didn't exactly come to life as he had hoped just because of the limitations of the technology at the time. I would love to see them come in now, though, because we could do it now, I bet. Mm -hmm. Although, can we all agree that it's sometimes practical effects... Uh, just tend to be better. Like projection faces, mm -hmm. I'm over with. I'm yeah, over with. Yeah, well, me the... too. Audio animatronics, cool, no problem. I'm glad it was a big leap, especially for like Frozen Ever After, because it was like one of the first to actually do that. And they're way more convincing now on like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And for you, that would be Snow White's. What did they rename it as? Snow White's. Snow it's White's not her... Enchanted Wish. Enchanted Wish. So like mm -hmm. they still, I, they look good. But man, there's nothing better than just regular old-fashioned audio animatronics. No, yeah, no, I uh, I agree, hundred percent. I did find this. Oh no, <laughs> I just lost my spot. I found um, that picture that I was showing of the elephants cavorting earlier. I just found mm -hmm. this. Is the <laughs> it's like them? Come on, focus with them cavorting. In the uh, without the water there, with no legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird to see them on those like platforms in the dream. I know, right? You know, <laughs> it's like scaffolding that they're all sitting on. I mean, it makes sense, but it's just interesting. Here's some of the little ones too. Yeah, just chilling on the <laughs> platforms. It also shows that the water is not terribly deep there. No, it it's is... super short. Mm -hmm. It's deeper in the hippo pool because they have to like go down and then back up. So the hippo pool is the, the deepest part. Um, and then I, for, in terms of uh, creating these and thinking about them and how they wanted to present them, they really were trying to do something that would get an emotional reaction out of people. So Mark Davis said, uh, there are many little ideas and little things, some describing animation and more completely that I just later discovered we were able to do. And I was um, not really 
at this time fully understanding the medium that they worked in. So that's how he's saying, like, we couldn't really do what I had planned. Um, he said, but, but again, I was trying to create some things that people understood and trying to make something that people related to and something that they could possibly react to. So he was trying to, you know, personify these elephants in a lot of ways, like, the, like oh, they can they can connect to two little elephants squirting each other like siblings, right? Or these mm -hmm. elephants like during happy hour, like climbing all over each other. But <laughs> there's like... Well, it's, I love in that storyboarding, uh, it shows the reactions, right? So like, it's not just one, one element, right? So it's like the one turns to the other, the other one reacts to that, then gets sprayed and then kind of shakes it off. And then the other one goes in and sprays back. So it's like this, this little dance and, they had to do it with programming and that's what I think why we didn't necessarily get. So like we have two in, in our version, I don't know if it's in Disneyland, but in Walt Disney world, we have, this is like one of their comical scenes is uh, Oh look, two little uh, baby elephants bathing under a full moon. So that's like a setup joke line. Right. But there's no water there. And I mean, that one Mark Davis quote that's on the other side, it basically saying, uh, like this squirting elephant. And even though I worked very hard to do these and this came fairly close, still you found out that what we're really trying to do was building a figure and asking for that figure to be able to do certain things going so far in one direction or another and then programming that accordingly. So it's, it's tough to go from animation, which is what the background was into Rio. And uh, like, I still think practical effects wise, they, we did get this element with, uh, and we hear the joke, it's snot, right? Like you think it's water, but it's snot. But if you look at the drawing of that concept art of two elephants spraying in front of the boat and the, the water is cascading together almost in this double rainbow effect, you know, it just, we don't get that. And as a result, no. it's, it's, we, we get do like get this. water, <laughs> we do get water, but it's, it's just not as convincing of an effect if it was gushing out like that and having two come together, we get a spray, but it's just not the same. Yeah. We get a little spray and, uh, there's another one. This is, I think a, a vintage shot. Oh, said oh and the, and the fun fact, well, you know what? I'll hold this until we go through the actual scene. Never mind. Yeah. And there's also, um, talking about playful elephants. There's another one where they are, uh, and there's a, an elephant that's squirting into an alligator's mouth. I don't know if you guys get this <laughs> one in Florida. Do you have this one? No, no, no. Because we yeah, don't have, it, ours doesn't have gators right in that location. Our gators happen before in the, right before the Cambodian temple is where we have gators at. And then we also have gators right before Schweitzer Falls. So our, our timing is completely different and we don't get gators since then, but because you guys already had gators there, it made sense to integrate them rather than remove them. Yeah, yeah, because they used to be in the water, rolling around in circles <laughs> in the water. Yeah. So instead, they just kind of adjusted to put them in the scene differently. And it's, um, you know, it's interesting that I I completely forgot about the Cambodian temple scene. There isn't a alligator, or crocodile. I don't. I'm not sure which, but it actually comes up and pops out at you from the water on the left side of the boat on the side of the temple. So he's like, I forgot about him. That's when they make the the joke about watch out That's for ginger. Handout? He snaps. Oh no. Is that the handout one? Yes. The it handout might be. joke. Yeah. Cause I think it was in that area, but we also hear the ginger snaps joke currently. That's one I heard the most often recently. 
I also have queued up just for the future. I have like six alligator pictures and water butterf- water buffalo pictures as well. So if we need water to reference buffalo. them. Um, I do have, oh, so here's the two elephants that are squirting at each other under the full moon. So there's a good, that's, that's a 1960s shot. So you can see how the vegetation is not grown up. Yeah. And if you, if you look at the difference between concept, look at just the framing of them. They're not facing towards the guests. They're facing towards one another. Mm -hmm. So they got staged a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. All right. And so are we still doing concept art? We do mm. have more? I don't. The only other thing I have is during install, I just like this Bill Evans picture of all the way in the back because he's, he's standing next to the, he's all the way over here. He's standing next to the elephant that's climbing a tree. So, like, out of all the elephants for Bill Evans to be standing next to for this photo, it's got to be the plant-based one. <laughs> and that is when they ran it. They they did a refurb of them, so that's not from their original install. install. Yeah, this was saying that this is from eight, the reinstalling the elephants in April 1963. It's a date and, from that. And this is a picture of the model that they made for this entire um, new additions by mark davis and they you can see his concept art sketches are just sitting in a shelf kind of in the back as references <laughs> for as they're working in the model shop making this model which is really fun i love that i love that little telescope thing that they like put down that gives them the birds or the like the boat view That's as they're going the through attraction. the model i know i love I that it's so cool it's so fun that's like it's such so a fun ingenious. way to do that mm-hmm. so they can make the models not quite as big right because you mm-hmm. think of like the they one for Pirates of the Caribbean was like 40 feet. So <laughs> they could make, they could scale them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of concept art, I do have this one that is just the a colored version of floating through the bathing pool. And it's kind of interesting because the, the, the elephant that squirts you is kind of on the, the side there. Looks like there's two of them, maybe. Yeah, there's in that picture versus what actually happens that is lacking of elephants yeah well um the one that is in the waterfall can we talk about that one a little bit sure because that one is really kind of interesting so i call it the bathing elephant i've heard it nicknamed bertha i don't know if that's true or not but I don't know. Maybe we I've should go back because I might be skipping ahead. Should we go back and move scene by scene first before we go to it? Because I don't want to. If you're going into the real attraction, let's go back to Ganesha. Let's start there. Let's, let's start at the it. beginning. Let's go there. Let's and go then back. when we get to the end, stop. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get us into. I got excited some... about the bathing elephant. It's, I'll it's, hold on to my story, but I've got something really good on it, and you're going to yeah, be really I... excited. So. I'll just hold on to it for now. I got to I got to hold the excitement. Okay. So <laughs> we had seen this briefly uh last episode with Ganesha and Ganesha, do you have any pictures that you could pull up because I do want to talk about Ganesha and the significance in we Hinduism actually, and Cambodia, but We don't have this elephant currently. We only no, have but the I, big stone elephant. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about concept art? What do you want me to No, I mean this this did exist um for a hot second. And I don't think it exists anymore because they've they've changed it. 
since, but... I've got, like, this one. We're talking about this one. Sure. <laughs> You're like, yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is from 2006, so, you know, it's... I mean, our... That one got replaced with our monkey god, the one that you have. Right. But you do get a Ganesha for a hot second. It's not there long, but you get one. Yeah. And then we have the, but we do have the big stone elephant that's been there from the beginning is still around. Okay. So. All right. So Ganesha, why is this important? Why is this significant? I think this origin story is really cool, but Ganesha is one of the gods of Hinduism and it's worshipped mainly, or he is worshipped mainly for the remover of obstacles and is often seen invoking the beginning of new endeavors or important things and events to ensure success. So people will uh, lay out, you know, different um, like offerings to him, especially during things like weddings and those types of ceremonies that are important and significant. Right. So <clears throat> the origin story of Ganesha is originally it's you notice it has the uh, head of an elephant, body of a man. Well, Ganesha started out as a man, and he was created by the goddess uh, Parvati out of clay and was brought to life to guard her, get this, bathhouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when the god Shiva, Pavarti's husband, returned home and tried to enter the bathhouse, Ganesha refused to let him in. Battle ensued, and Ganesha was beheaded by Shiva. Pavarti, who was heartbroken, um, got Shiva to promise to restore Ganesha back to life uh, by giving him the head of the first living creature he encountered, which happened to be an elephant. So that's why it's like a new beginning because I just think it's cool that it was a bathhouse and this is leading into the elephant bathing pool. I think that's just like a fun connection. So I found it. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. If you need, if you're feeling like you need to remove some obstacles in your life, you need a little bit more wisdom. You need some more success, uh, some spiritual growth. Maybe think about Ganesha a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So Conductor Jackson's in my my chat, and he was saying that they used to have it at Disneyland, and they removed it. And I, yes, that's that is absolutely true. And that's what the picture that I was showing is that they removed it for sensitivity reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And they do the kneeling elephant, stone elephant that's there. That one actually has been there for many, many years. Um, because we showed pictures of it earlier, but that elephant is still there. Welcoming you to the Indian bathing pool. And of course, because uh, Imagineers uh, create everything in a vacuum and never use cultural significance, uh, there's lots and lots of Cambodian temples, uh, Indian temples that all use all Ganesha imagery, including are Cambodian Angkor Wat. So mm-hmm. Ganesha is there as well. Which if you missed that, we talked about that a lot in our <laughs> Cambodian was, temple basically episode. Basically all we were, it was a, I felt like it was legends of, the, legends of the Hidden Temple is what we were doing last week. <laughs> I missed that show. That was, it was a good fun show. Times. I, I feel like I would have done so well. It really bothered me when they would do the last scene and they'd go through and they always would run directly into the gods. And I'm like, what are I you know. doing? Like, this is the wor- you were doing the worst job. Like, have you even watched the show before you came on this thing? I would have mapped out every single room like a crazy person before I went on. But that's just I me. know. That's like when we were all yelling at the TV, like, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> like, you're very faster. True. Mm-hmm. 
Gosh, that brings it back. Okay. Um, now, before we go into the elephant bathing pool, should we take a gander of just some pictures of the old Crocs? Yeah. Let's because do that's it. basically what's getting replaced here at this point. Yeah. So, all right. I have a lot of pictures from the 50s. So I'm just going to, this is going to be kind of a slideshow, but I'll auditorily, for those that are listening, I'll just describe what we're seeing. So here's a, a gator who looks like almost like ceramic in. Uh, <laughs> he's like bumpy. <laughs> yeah, he's very, yes, bumpy is a good way to put it. Uh, and big googly eyes. This is from 1955. Do you get the rhino in the background? And then, of course, on the banks, you're getting another alligator. You guys have lots of gators. And we now, do. Our favorite, our you and my, I I know personal oh, favorites from Disneyland are these um, these ones from this picture was from the uh, 1956. These are the circular track gators that went round and round and round and round and round, which is awesome. Uh, I also found some imagery of Mr. Bumpy on like the Mr. <laughs> like, Bumpy. he's like sitting on a lathe um, being constructed, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and you can just see, you can also see the circular tubular track below. Um, and then you get it. He's like a alligator dentist looking in there as he's (laughs) inspecting the teeth. (laughs) And then of course, our bumpy comes back again for our pinup. What did they call the names of these ladies? Do you remember you had, you were the one who found this a long time ago, but I did find another picture where they brought in like basically pinups for it it was yeah, there i'd have to look process. at their names some of them were like miss america so. right but it was but it was like a photo shoot specifically mm-hmm. to promote uh, the jungle cruise but it was just interesting how they chose their models these like fancy girls dressed right, up in, right. it was in weird. high heels <laughs> with <laughs> elephants and gators <laughs> right it was very strange <laughs> by today's standards and then Here's our gators with the gator track, which kind of looks like a little roller coaster inline tubular track. You know, like this is pre pre Matterhorn. These are the Matterhorn. <laughs> I'm trying to find the one with the guy. Oh, you found it. Oh, oh good. Please stop. Need this. Please stop. You know, I was going to have <laughs> I it. I was and so then... worried that we wouldn't have no, that. No, 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 it's no. So important. And, and he's wearing like <laughs> plaid so Bermuda shorts, which is amazing as well, <laughs> as he's going round and round riding those those gators as they move around through the water, which I think is. This is all great. <laughs> so good. Jackson says they're just crocs because they don't have alligators. The Jungle Cruise because there's an entire joke about it. I think yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. I think they're crocs. They could be. But my gosh, I love that so much. This, like, you could tell. Favorite. You could tell if they're crocs or gators based on if they uh, cook in a pot or a pan because crocs only use crock pots. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for a second, I was like, really? No, dude, you know that was such a setup. Like, stop. You knew that was not going anywhere productive. (laughs) Oh, can I I read um, the... So I'm going back to our 1960s, or actually 1950s script with these... uh, Where's my crocodiles at? These circle alligators. Steady, folks. Watch those ripples up ahead. Hey... They come quick. Pull in your hands. That was our one joke. Pull in your hands. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. But I'm ch- <laughs> mm-hmm. But we, I mean, we do get Smiley. So Bumpy actually gets a name. Well, there's old Smiley, the granddaddy of them all. His yeah, big old, old Bumpy smiley. teeth. Yeah. We have old Smiley have and then there's Ginger. They all mm-hmm. have little, little names. Mm-hmm. And then... 
of course the the joke that still gets told today is the the one for the elephant bathing pool and says look at all the elephants on the river today this comes as a complete surprise to me because i had no idea these guys were going to be here if you want to take pictures go right ahead all the elephants have their trunks on mm-hmm so interesting about that joke check this out i found this is oh, i like literally lean this on the mouse pad that's not gonna work the so this was on disney docs and it's like mocked up like so, so this was somebody's script because there's like a big old mm-hmm. staple in the side i have no idea the time period at all however when we get to and this is what's so crazy about it when we get to the elephant pool it's saying elephant pool entrance this is the elephant god ganesha guarding the entrance to the sacred bathing pool of elephants hush tone whole herds of playful indian elephants migrated here during the morning, afternoon, evening, and these rites are seldom witnessed by civilized man. And then look what's handwritten. But don't worry, ladies, they all have their trunks on. Hmm. So interesting. Who did this? Who wrote in this? I feel no like idea. that is a 1970s one mm-hmm. from looking at that document. And that seems about the right time period. That's when we saw a lot of those jokes really start taking shape. So that's interesting. Yeah, I have to, I'll, I'll resend you this, this postscript on the side. Uh, it's a, um, it was the seventies. I'll leave it at that. If you want to see all of this stuff, if you go to Disney docs um, and we'll link it in our discord as well. Uh, but my yeah, goodness, Disneydocs.net, that's a pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's a risky, yeah. that's a risque joke in there. Yeah, there's there's some that are you you wouldn't hear today. <laughs> we'll just say no. that. <laughs> but you know, it is true that a lot of the the Jungle Cruise skippers they they kind of worked on their own material, but they couldn't actually use it without approval. We talked about that in our our Jungle Cruise uh, script episodes. But they so but they could they could come up with their own jokes and submit it for approval, and then other skippers, if it was approved, they could use it too. So it's entirely mm-hmm. possible. A skipper came up with that joke. It got approved. Other skippers started using it, and it became an official script. I love how entirely possible. I was I was listening to this one skipper telling stories. It was like an interview with him, and he was like, "We were allowed to wear whatever, so you know, I'd wear like Hawaiian shirts and a little captain's hat. And man, that gun, I'd fire at anything that moved, just to make that thing less boring. Because in the fifties, we had no jokes, so I would just fire at anything that moved." (laughs) <laughs> i love that that's awesome yeah oh gosh um okay so we we saw ganesha <coughs> we saw the crocs oh hang on Head- we're not going in yet we can't okay. we can't because we need to take a nice vantage point view of uh of the new elephant bathing pool from the amazing Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. So this was cool in my research. Uh, So the film came out, what, in the 60s? Maybe 1960, something to that effect, right? Swiss Family Robinson. Mm -hmm. So 62 is when Swiss Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse gets built in this $7 million expansion. And they brought the cast. And the cast are a bunch of goofballs in here. and, And then there's Walt. But the best part is, watch what they bring in. To do like the ribbon cutting. They bring an ostrich. 
And they ride him, and there's Walt with an ostrich, (laughs) which I just love. And then they bring, like, an actual Swiss, like, ambassadors, and they give them, like, a Swiss flag for this thing. (laughs) Maybe because they got the one wrong when they put it on top of the Yeah, on the Matterhorn. (laughs) They're like, let's make sure he has a Swiss flag this time. Here's what I wanted to point out, is that here's the Swiss family Robinson cast looking out on, they had, like, these, not, not, what would you call this? It's not a periscope. It's not a telescope. A short telescope. But this looked out onto, uh, from the Swiss family Robinson treehouse onto the Indian bathing pool, which is pretty cool vantage point. Just thought that was neat. I I don't know. Do they still exist to like, well, before it got closed and it's getting a refurb and all that stuff. Did they have still those telescopes to look out or no? I don't remember them, but that doesn't mean I, I feel like they might've disappeared when it became Tarzan. I have a feeling there's a lot mm. of things got taken off of that ride when they converted it. Maybe it'll be back though. It's starting to look pretty neat. The Adventureland mm-hmm. Treehouse. Uh, I looked it up. It's 1960 for Swiss Family okay. Robinson. So it's yeah, two so years 19, Yeah, that's what I thought. 1960 and then 62 is when the treehouse gets built. Uh, also, I think in this scene, right, weren't the water buffalo in this area before the elephants, or am I wrong? Um, I mean, there's. I don't think there's any water buffalo now. No, there isn't now. I think the water buffalo were there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did find they were selling these Kodak Chroma, Kodachrome slides of the water buffalo. So it's hard to find pictures of the water buffalo, but this was. I don't think they're in the bathing pool, though. I think they were in a different location. Now, I looked at a map and the map was showing it either just before or just after. But then yep. they get moved anyway. After. Okay. Yeah. So it's, but still, either way, they get moved. But they were there prior. Mm-hmm. So, water buffalo. I love water I buffalo. Think I, have, I think I have one thing from a script about water buffalo, too. <laughs> I just I pulled we're up we're doing the, water buffalo talk, or I would have been more prepared. <laughs> I'll say, we're, not, we're not really doing water buffalo talk. We're just, <laughs> like, I love the water buffalo. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> I don't have anything. I thought I had something from the 1950. Oh, I do. The only thing, here it is. This is the line about the water buffalo. Um, and here's double trouble, water buffalo. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one water buffalo now, and it's sitting next to the bow at the end of the attraction. Yes. That's true. Sad. So sad. Yes. It's changed. Okay. Um, I have a few pictures of, because a lot of these elephants, until we get to the one that's climbing out, a lot of these elephants are just, uh, we've already showed the ones that are the elephant squirting into the mouth of the croc. And we have, um, I love the ones of like the transportation though, these like elephants, like how they, when they're moving them and installing them. (laughs) Do we want to talk about the, the one that's climbing out? looks like he's climbing out of the water because I love that story. Yeah, go ahead. I have a picture queued up right now. Okay. So I call this the tree climbing elephant. Um, This is actually something Walt insisted on having. And it's only in the Disneyland version. You don't see this, I don't believe, in the Florida version. Correct? Like you guys don't have Negative. We have no tree climbing elephant. Okay, so this is a quote from Blaine Gibson. He said, so we had this whole layout of the Jungle Cruise, the bathing pool, the elephants, and the Lost Safari, very much like it is now. 
Walt came in and saw our model, and I remember him. I remember he said, you know, we need an elephant climbing out on the bank, maybe reaching up for some of the branches, like in our nature pictures. And then he pushed his pants down a little bit so he could get that elephant look, and he used his hand for a trunk and got up on a chair. And I thought, wait, and I actually went ahead and modeled him as that elephant. It's still in Disneyland on the far side of the pool, climbing up on the bank. It was Walt's acting that made me visualize the elephant like that, um, like the others from Mark draw Mark's drawings. But Walt was the inspiration for that one. So all the other elephants were inspired by Mark. But this elephant in particular was inspired by Walt Disney standing up on a chair and pretending to be an elephant, grabbing something down from the tree. Um, he says uh, Walt liked it later when he saw it. And then Mark, I think Blaine said... It was kind of a dumb idea because we didn't realize the strain it would put on the branch of the tree he was pulling. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> logistically, it maybe wasn't the smartest idea. But this elephant in himself was actually inspired by Walt Disney. And I always thought he was just, like, trying to escape the bank because he's yeah. not actually grabbing. I have one from today. Let me pull that up. But he's not actually grabbing onto a tree today. So he always looks like he's just trying to escape the um the 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 pool like he's trying to get out Let but he's not he was trying to grab a branch that was uh that he's no longer grabbing so walt disney's elephant which is if so you, fun if your kids ever sag their pants just go hey quit being a walt disney elephant knock it off <laughs> yeah so I love that one. And I love that he's still there, even though he's not grabbing onto anything now. Um, but the tree climbing elephant, mm -hmm. a unique one. And then are we allowed to talk about the bathing elephant yet? Or we, you have more yeah. of the other ones? Yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. So there is this um, sketch of Mark Davis with this elephant. And this was actually done um, a little bit later i think this was actually way later this is mark davis with his little bathing elephant his little umbrella <laughs> um i've heard reports that this elephant that's in the um in the shower too long getting some wrinkles was actually added later than the other ones and so i have some fun pictures from that we've got this one that we've shown before of them transporting this little elephant down the Santa Ana freeway, which is super fun. And then this one of them actually like installing it or doing some renovations in wetsuits, which is pretty <laughs> neat. Um, but this bathing elephant, from what I've heard, was actually from the 1964 World's Fair had an attraction called Ford's Magic Skyway. And in it, they had um, it sent... We'll have to do a whole episode on that because it's a whole thing. But they had this point where you kind of go, you're in like prehistoric times and you have like the um, the early man, okay, finding a woolly mammoth. <laughs> and I see, I think I have the video queued up here. Let's see if it will play. Um, but this actually shows what this looked like. His skills as a hunter and toolmaker trapped the mighty mammoth and gave his world its name, the Stone Age. Never were the exploits of primitive man depicted with such realism 
or such good humor as through Walt Disney's marvelous new technique. So there's this uh, elephant, this mammoth that's in it. From what I hear, because they did not actually take this attraction back to um, Disneyland because of a falling out they had with Ford, essentially. Um, this mammoth was repurposed for that elephant in the bathing pool. Hmm. So the elephant in the shower, this audio was is this audio animatronic, which I think is really interesting. Do you have a picture of that elephant in the bathing no, pool? No, Oh yeah, yeah, I have that. So if you yep. could pull that up for a quick second. All right, so, do your best impression of an elephant. I don't have an impression of an elephant. No, I don't. I don't got one. You have a good one. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> but okay so i have i have to mention not only do we have Ford's magic skyway can i just take us on a, like a, a tiny 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 little rabbit trail sure okay first i have to show this one because this one's cute this is a classic one um so Ford's magic skyway not they also had the sherman brothers wrote like a jingle for it for ford <laughs> motors it wasn't for ford's magic skyway specifically for ford motors and I didn't know they wrote this. And when I found it, I was like, no way. So I just, I just got to play it for you guys. It's just like one minute. this attraction whoa was this cool like yeah, are you oh, kidding no. me i feel like we need to do this one next are you kidding so, me so much of this ended up getting used for spaceship earth it's very very similar in a lot of its early uh, early um and this is universal energy for sure yeah so and the dinosaur scene did get imported into disneyland and it's part of the that that scene is in the disneyland railroad like they they brought it back so you can see. Yeah, hence why your railroad back. is so much better than Walt Disney World's. Although we do have the frog. We do have the frog. The you frog is the there frog. with I'm the gator. I was so excited when I saw it. Oh, that was like a dream. I was with Ellie sitting next to me and I'm like, Ellie, where's your phone? <laughs> like screaming at her to get get a picture of it because I was like, I was certain. So we only have two frogs now. There was five originally before. Um, Dick Nunes was like, oh, those those frogs look too cartoony. Oh my and I'm like, OK, OK, 
tiny shorts or tiny pants. What do you call those things? Small pants? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about or no? No, but I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Oh, I've so I've been doing research on the Polynesians uh, wave system for Seven Seas Lagoon. And yeah. uh, like Dick was the person who was like the huge proponent and push for that. But there was too much erosion. It created too much of a wake for all the boats. So they ended up shutting down. They restarted it years later. It never happened. But eventually Dick does get a surfable wave in Florida, central Florida at Typhoon Lagoon. Uh, so it's like a great story. But one of the like little offshoots, because you know how like every good video has like little offshoots. It's about yeah. he he tried to promote for like two summers the concept of like basically form they're like formal pants, but they're sh really short. <laughs> I've not heard about this. Oh my oh gosh, it's tiny pants. Are you kidding me? I feel like I, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. Come I've got us. <laughs> I, I, awesome. He had like a ridiculous name for him too. The, the amazing tiny pants. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm not going to get into it because I, I will have a TikTok pants. up for it. But look, it's Dick Nunes wearing tiny pants firing a oh cannon off. Oh my gosh, off. look at those socks. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Was that it was like basically like you were wearing a suit up top, but had like long socks. Okay. <laughs> what is this tiny That's pants? a look. Look at those knees. It really yeah, highlights like, your knees. He's <laughs> the president of Walt Disney World trying to push tiny pants. And basically, he wanted to wear shorts because it was too dang hot. And he, he he's like, Bermuda shorts should be here, but let's make them fancy. I love that he has like petty loafers on well, for I, this. I mean, if you're gonna do if you're gonna wear shorts, why are you still wearing a full suit jacket and socks that come up to your knees? Like what's it's, the point? <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Dick Nunes and the Dick tiny Nunes. pants. <laughs> I promise I love you that. it'll Yeah, it's very funny. And that that picture was with Donald dressed as a pirate. And then firing off a cannon is when they open Beach and Yacht Club. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> and that's what he wore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. He was trying to create a trend and people didn't follow with that. <laughs> they were on board. <laughs> tiny Pants never made it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Well, mm -hmm. um, back to the, the waterfall scene for a second. I'm going to mention that... Uh, so when the fair closed in 1966, that's when they say that they then put Big Bertha into the waterfall scene. Um, that is that elephant's name, Big Bertha. In case you didn't know, Big Bertha, they tell some jokes about that. So usually people do. But it cannot to be confused with the uh, Luminaire Fair Organ of the same name that's in 1900 Park Fair, which is also called Big Bertha. But no relation. Just kind of a fun coincidence. Um, and they did drive it down the freeway in Burbank, like I showed you um previously let me see if i can find that but i think that's one of my favorite disney photos is them like that and like <laughs> the pirates going down the freeway because their model shop where they built this was far far away it's not near the parks it's in burbank and that burbank to anaheim is a bit of a drive so um yeah so that is the the elephant in the oh i don't know if i showed this one this is him splat this is the concept art did you show this you might have hmm I think so when we were doing concept art, but this is Bertha and it is a, a female elephant. Like we said, doesn't have tusks, but however, in a, co a commercial from 2010, they actually mistakenly made Bertha voiced by a man <laughs> and I actually have the commercial and you guys, oh, I can't it, wait to, I need to hear this. It's fun. 
Let me pull it up. Hold on. The twofer. The twofer, yeah. The Disneyland twofer. So they they made uh, Bertha have a, a male voice for that, which is not correct. But you know you know what's amazing? <laughs> they still do like those are the same promotions we're running now, you know, fifty years later. Yeah. <laughs> they don't much. call them the twofer. They should call them the twofer. <laughs> so that's that's mainly what I've got for the um bathing elephant. I don't know if you have anything else um, to add to that. Yeah, the only the only one I have left, and let me just see if I can get a picture of it on Dayland, is the uh, the elephants that are shooting you, like so, the ones that actually shoot oh, the water at the boats. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the squirting elephants. So I have one. He's he's retreating right now, but the old line is, um, "Watch out! Watch out!" Or duck, 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 goose, and uh, <laughs> they they attempt to shoot the boat. And coincidentally, these elephants firing water off can actually hit the boat. So a skipper, this is like the one time where they have to pay attention apart from hitting another boat. Uh, they have to slow down and time it so that they do not get sprayed by the elephants. However, if the boat were to get sprayed by the elephants, at least in the Walt Disney World version, we learned that most of the water comes from uh, the Reedy Creek and uh, they actually dye it to make it look uh, like more murky. So... They don't want that going into guests' mouths or faces or anything, so they actually use potable water. Uh, so water that, you know, if you had to drink it, you'd be perfectly safe and fine. So I thought that was interesting. I feel like we learned that on Keys of the Kingdom when we rode um, in Disney World, so I just thought that was a really neat, neat fun fact. No, I That's love all that. I got and here's, the elephant this is what he looks like. <laughs> There's no legs. No legs. You no got no legs on me. <laughs> um, I had a few notes about the those elephants. There's a quote from Mark Davis. What? <laughs> he literally did a did a Pinocchio parody <laughs> of a no legged elephant. Okay, go ahead. I'm here. Sorry. No, it was good. It's been a long week. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I have a Mark Davis concept art note. He says, two bull elephants spray water in direct path of the boat. As boat nears, they sink underwater and rise again, threatening people in boat as it passes. Perhaps they can emit a fine spray and trumpet. So they don't trumpet now. I think they mm. just, they just, they do a little spray of water. Um, but then, you know, when we talked about Mark Davis, Davis back and forth in the animation um, for this. And uh, the trunk was supposed to like coil and then um, unfurl and then squirt water oh, at the cool. top position. So that is actually in this, that that was the one you kind of showed earlier, Kirk, but it's here. You can see, oh, maybe. It would have been like more like a hose, you know, and it would have acted yeah. more like an actual elephant because Elephants, I I didn't know this because I'm, you know, I'm not the most intelligent person, so I have to research things. Uh, 
elephants don't like drink with their noses. They literally will suck up like a straw, but they won't inhale it, right? So they'll they'll suck it up like a straw and then they shoot it into their mouths to drink, which mm-hmm. I don't think is like intuitive for most people. You think like, oh, they just drink through their trunks, but they don't. They should be able to do that. It's a design flaw. So I have the, uh, another note from Mark Davis. He says, here's another drawing that I just showed you of the animation pattern, because at this time, Walt thought he wanted to see everything that a thing was going to do. Well, he was right in asking that because he was spending an awful amount of money for it. The only thing was we could never build things that could do all the things I could draw. This is the squirting elephant. And even though I worked very hard to do these, and this comes fairly close, still you found out that what you're really doing was building a figure and asking for that figure to be able to do certain things going so far in one direction to another and then programming that accordingly. So he says, this is the first squirting elephant. The cage intake valve next to him draws in water to feed elephant falls, inspiration falls, and the load area waterfall. So that is in this picture that I showed you. Uh, with this one, you can actually see this intake. That's what feeds the, the waterfalls. So that big, uh, right here, that big hole that's next to him is a water intake. So I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I've got for that elephant. Um, just past those squirting elephants, though, on the left in Walt Disney World, that's where they were planning to have a crocodile scene where they're trying to get the parrot or the hornbill, like we had in Disneyland that we mm-hmm. talked about with the hornbill. They had originally planned to put it there in Walt Disney World, just past those squirting elephants. So instead, now you just have kind of a blank spot and there's nothing there. But that's where it was supposed to be. That's where I get our we get our plant jokes, though. <laughs> you do your plant jokes anytime. I know. You could have had the crocs going after a hornbill. I Come know. on now. <laughs> you know, here's my thing. Put them in Adventureland's railroad. Like, put them on from... Railroad? Go from Main Street to Frontierland. There is no vignettes, no scenes. Oh, Nothing. Yeah. Give us that scene there, please. It is terribly boring. It's so awfully boring. You from 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 Frontierland to Fantasyland is fantastic. That's an yeah. enjoyable section because there's all these little. There's, uh, you know, obviously you're getting all the things that you would get from Tom Sawyer Island and the Rivers of America. You're also getting like all these little Mark Davis scenes. You're getting next to Big Thunder. Uh, you're getting the Peter Pan scene, like. All of it is great. Going under Tron could have been done better. It's terribly well, what, boring. What was up with that? I was like, they're going to do something really cool in this tunnel. And they, it they literally didn't. is a white tunnel with <laughs> tiny windows. Like, I would have made that like you were getting digitized. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Missed, missed opportunity there. And But no pirate things? Not even, like, barrels, a flag, a treasure chest? While you're talking about pirates? Ugh, please, let me do that. For you, Disney. I'll buy all the stuff. Let me just I'll build the scenes. Let me well, do like it. I Disneyland can't stand Railroad. that. Railroad. We even have like, you know, Mardi Gras props backstage and things like that. Yeah, like, there's all kinds of things to see on the Disneyland That's why I Railroad. I don't everyone loves the railroad. I am not a big fan because I just think that they it's just plants. It's just plants with I mean I an, love the train. The train's a the, tra- great, the train is but... great, but the train with <laughs> something to look at would be beautiful. Well, and like Disneyland, when you go back 
Oh, sorry, there's a huge beetle up there. <laughs> I just got really scared. We're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, so if you're going from Main Street to um, Adventureland, there's um, like a like a jaguar that's like sitting, just a little statue of a jaguar. Just And everybody, I actually was sitting next to somebody. They were like, whoa, that's freaky. Like it was just like a plain black, like maybe it's a panther, but it's a, are they the same jaguars and panthers? They are different not. Animals. They're different. They're different animals. Might be a panther. In any case, there's a little animal that's in this, and you can spot him, you know? So, I know. I'll be safe, friends. It's okay. I'll be alright. A, a jaguar is more stocky with uh, large, muscular bodies, where panthers are more slender, and their limbs are not as stocky. It's probably a jaguar. If I had to guess. But, in any case, there's things to look at there. So, um, before we leave the Indian bathing pool, I feel like we need to share this story about Tommy Walker because it's a funny one. Tell it. <laughs> I don't know. Do you it, so I, I'm not, yeah, it's in our book, friend. Where? Page 53. Well, listen, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I probably have that on a post-it note. <laughs> okay. So. Tommy Walker was like the head of entertainment. Um, oh, I gotcha. And there's a great story about him. <laughs> I love that they, I guess this is in um, from an in-house pu employee publication, the Disney World from July of 1964. And the, the caption of this photo uh, is Tommy Walker after the fall was over, which is like after the ball was over. Anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, gosh, should we read the, the longer one. Um, let's do this. So let's talk about the one that's actually Mark Davis quotes. He says, Tommy Walker was kind of the head of entertainment. In my opinion, the greatest story about him happened on the Jungle Cruise. When Walt would go down to Disneyland, people would crawl out from under the rocks because they all wanted Walt to see them. Well, Walt really didn't give a darn really about who he saw. He had his list of priorities all made out. So all these people gathered around the Jungle Cruise to watch our maiden journey on the new redesigned ride. I had the elephant pool all set up, and this was the first time Walt would see it, or for that matter, me too. But anyway, Walt, myself, and the guy driving were the only people in the boat. Um, there must have been 25 to 30 people there all around the bushes and everywhere watching our trip. Down at the end of the elephant bathing pool, elephant pool, I had placed a huge elephant, which was kind of a dumb idea because I didn't realize, oh, this is the, this is talking about this, uh, okay. I had placed, sorry, <laughs> I had placed a huge elephant, which was kind of a dumb idea because I didn't realize the strain um, put on the branch of the tree he was pulling. So this is that Walt elephant that we were talking about. The elephant was in what looked like to be about three or four inches of water and right on the water's edge. Tommy Walker was dressed in a wonderful, very expensive looking gray tweed suit, bow tie, white shirt and rubber boots that came to just below his knees. And he had planned what he was going to do to get Walt's attention. We got up to the pool and Tommy said, hey, Walt, there's something that I would like to point out. And he goes to walk around with his rubber boots on with the elephants in what he thought was about three, uh, three inches of water. The only thing is it wasn't three inches of water. It was about four or five feet deep. So he stepped <laughs> off the edge of the bank and totally disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Walt laughed until he cried. <laughs> I don't believe I ever seen Walt Disney laugh as hard as that. He laughed without stopping and the tears ran down his face fully for 10 minutes. 
and here was Tommy Walker <laughs> in his elegant suit, soaking wet. And I think that's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen, especially of people coming down and wanting to be noticed by Walt. Boy, was he noticed. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to show him? I don't know. It says, um, so this actual thing from the, the employee publication, um, I don't know. It doesn't, it says he set up his equipment on the bank. The photographer had set up his equipment on the bank and then Walt and Tommy wandered into waist high water among the pa the specimen in chest high rubber boots, searching for just the right spot, taking leave of Walt for a moment that, to explore for a still better position. Tommy stepped into what must've been unfamiliar underwater territory for suddenly he disappeared from view in a frightening burble of bubbles. <laughs> it was a convincing demonstration. Walt remained where he was to have his picture taken while Buona Walker struggled to higher ground, laden with jungle ride water and a better understanding of the same. Amazing. So, <laughs> isn't that a great story? Mm -hmm. I feel like we couldn't, we couldn't leave the the bathing pool without talking about Tommy Walker wanting to be noticed. And boy, was he. <laughs> Would you take a dip in the elephant bathing pool if you could? Me? Mm -hmm. No, I would not get in that water. <laughs> oh, come on. No, I'm also not a big swimmer. So fair enough. <laughs> no, my, so my, my daughter um, had an incident with the jungle cruise river at one point. I don't know if I've told you this story. What? Yeah, she, not her like physically, but she was, I think, 18 months old and I was holding her on my hip and she, we were waiting in line to meet Moana, who at that point was like in the like Aladdin's Oasis area. This was before they had Tropical Hideaway. And there was these little like, I think it was windows or railing. And on the other side of it, like was the Jungle Cruise River would go underneath it. So I was holding her and she had a little Hey Hey doll in her hand because we were going to go meet Moana and she was dressed as Hey Hey. And she, I don't know what she did, but she just like threw it into the water. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, hey, hey. And she started crying because hey, hey is gone and she wants him back. And I was just like, no, I'm like, no, no, no. So I, I'm not thinking and I ran ahead and I was like, the first person I meet is like Moana, right? And I was like, hey, hey, fell in the water. <laughs> she was like. I know he does that sometimes. He's a silly old rooster. <laughs> That's what she said to my daughter. She's like, yeah, she's like, sometimes he does that to me too, which is really sweet. But the cast member, um, the character attendant um, grabbed another cast member and they did fish Hey Hey out of the water. But they, they looked at me and they're just like, you probably don't want this back because it's been yeah. in that water. They're like, how about we get you a new Hey Hey? And so they bought my daughter a new Hey Hey, which was really sweet of them because they didn't oh, have to nice. do that. Yeah, but um, so she got her little hey hey back, and we watched it very carefully for the rest of the day. But <laughs> so every time I think about going in that water, I think of hey hey, and yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't swim in it. Hey hey, made it. Just saying. Hey, hey, it I was amazed they were able to get him back out. They offered to give it back to us. They were just like, just don't give it to your daughter. I was like, I'm not going to give that to my 18 month old daughter. We're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time when you lose stuff, it's gone forever. Um, our friend Jackson says you have to get a tetanus shot if you go into that water. Mm. So maybe don't swim mm. in it. Mm. <laughs> I'm already up on all my all my shots. I think I'm good. You'll risk it. I'll say, uh, for one shot. It's risk a, like, it for the biscuit. Put your trunks on 
and get under that giant. <laughs> get next to Bertha. Get next to Bertha. Take a take a little outdoor shower with Bertha. A quick a quick selfie and you're gone. <laughs> no, we're not advocating you do that, friends. Nobody get out no, of the boat. No, you, you can't do any of this. Although I I have to admit, if you get invited to events, you can do wildly interesting things that I never thought was possible, like imbibing alcohol on the rivers of America. I that was crazy. And then there was like this halfway to Halloween event that a bunch of people were invited to. And then they had a dessert party in the stretching room. I'm like, our invitation must have gotten lost in the mail because clearly they did not listen to our series on the Haunted Mansion or we would have been there. Just saying. I, so I, I met somebody the other day and they were like, oh, I love uh, Disney history and, and podcasts and stuff, but they tend to be really boring and not like really interesting. I said, well, guess what? I have a podcast for you. And they were like, I love like the Haunted Mansion. I was like, really? Do you like 27 hours of it? And they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, do you have an episode about the Haunted Mansion? I go, no, we don't have one. No. We have many. We have several. Many. We have tens, tens of episodes. Tens. <laughs> it's like, I want to listen to the Tiki Room episode. Well, you can listen to the eight episodes of the Tiki Room. I know. Not just one. Many. Yeah, it's, it's, we yeah, are, we are 11, very much. 11 episodes in for the series for Jungle Cruise so far. This was number And 11. we ain't done yet. Wow, we still got a long ways to go. This is a, the best. The best part marathon. is I know that when we get to Skipper Canteen, like we're gonna have an episode that's just the books, and we might not yeah. even finish yes. all of them. No, <laughs> there's so many. Well, yep. I would say, um, you know what we didn't mention is that this is our fiftieth podcast episode. What this do you know that most podcasts? Episode die by the time they're on the 20th podcast so like we're already in the top one percent of podcasts because most people give up by episode 20 we've been doing this for basically a year long and we just took uh it's a year yeah yeah a year today Mm -hmm. a year today that's crazy that is absolutely insane 50 episodes it doesn't feel like it's been that long but here we are Uh, i mean for you it's i felt like it's been a journey (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's honestly, it's flown by. And again, like what I love about this series, and I think most people do, is uh, you learn a ton. It's interesting throughout the way. But even as a host, like I feel like Kate and I are teaching ourselves as well as we're going through, which I think is just yeah. awesome. Yeah, we learn along alongside you guys because it really is, you know, it's impossible for everybody to know, anybody to know everything there is to know about Disney. And I would, I always tell everybody I'm always learning. They're like, how do you know all this mm-hmm. stuff? I'm like, because we just read and research and look at primary sources. And, um, and it, it does, it takes many years to acquire knowledge about Disney. It's been 17 years for me studying it to get to where I am now. And I'm still learning all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. all the time. So I, I know you do too, Kirk, but I really appreciate this kind of weekly getting to dig in deeply to a topic and really get to look under the microscope at all the little details. It's really Yeah, fun. well, because otherwise when, when you don't have, especially these multi-channel ones where it's, it's many episodes in conjunction that are linear together, it allows you to, to focus about something that you would have probably just glanced over if you were doing more of a summary focus. And we, we always want to do something that's different than other folks because you could just listen to other people who have done 
some of these previous things. We know that nobody's getting as nitty gritty on these subjects because they're just not going to dedicate the amount of sheer time. The other thing that's the beauty of this is that these are evergreen. So if anybody wants to go back and watch, listen, these will exist forever. And this history is immutable. There might be new changes and we can do a refresh if there's a refurbishment or a change, but these things can just get stacked indefinitely. And I just love that it's immortalized because I, I do feel that as we go through the decades of these parks, you know, Disneyland in the 50s and uh, Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World in the 70s, you know, we're already passing these these crazy milestones where we're into the second, third generation of theme park goers in these parks. So a lot of those early things, it's most people have not experienced, you know, so I just think it's it's great to be able to look back and to think so that we could build upon where we're going in the future. So I just I, I love that aspect of it. And uh, it just makes me appreciate the parks even more. And it's the reason why Disney versus other theme parks. There's it's I don't know, there's like a romanticized story in my head about how these theme parks and Imagineers all came together to create these these amazing, amazing attractions that doesn't really exist in other places to the level of this. Yeah, it's I think it's. There's so much artistry, not only because mm. it kind of started with all these movies and films, and then it transformed and, and morphed itself into the parks. And so it's not just like making a theme park for theme park's sake. It really is like it was birthed out of these films. It was made by these artists. And so for me, that's always what I love to study is the creativity of all these artists and how they work to collaboratively together to create something that's bigger than themselves. And to me, that's always why... The parks are so fascinating because I know I've get I get people that are just like, oh, Disney is so fake or it's so like corporate or so this. And I'm like, now you have to understand that there's there's actual artists that are behind these things that got created. So whether or not what you feel about the company as a whole is a whole nother discussion for another time. But the actual attractions themselves, the designs of the park, the landscaping, um, it's, it's all made by creatives, creative people. And I feel like there's so many lessons we can learn as they not only had successes, but failures. There's things that apply to our own lives. And that's why I love studying it. I think I think the thing that draws me in to kind of just build on that the thing that draws me in so much to the legacy is because they were trailblazers. They were the first ones into the fray in so many different ways, right? So when I think about like what makes somebody uh, a leader in their marketplace, it's usually first, biggest, best, right? Well, they're, they're the first ones to do full length animated features. They're the first ones to do like mixed cartoon and live. They're the ones that get into doing full feature documentaries on animals. They're the ones that start taking... People who, I mean, Mark Davis being a cartoonist and an animator into building attractions. Like, it's such a unique process that is formed from art because it really started with the art. And I do love that one graph that where, like, everything kind of feeds the Walt Disney World Company. But mm -hmm. they did the first of almost everything when it came to what now is normalized as a theme park. And not, I want to make the distinction of a theme park is dramatically different than an amusement park or just a place that has rides. This is not that. And that's why I think it's so special. And people have tried, but where they're lacking is they're lacking in intellectual property and storytelling. 
uh, Universal has gotten better, um, but because utilizing their own IP is yeah. It's <laughs> like, I mean, if if it wasn't for Walt Disney World and Disneyland, you wouldn't have the Universal parks. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't have seen that path and then thought that they could enhance it. And until really Harry Potter, and I know this is a little bit of a divergent, but really until they made the Wizarding Worlds, I didn't feel like we fully were stepping into an immersive area. There was no, themed locations, but it wasn't the same. Like the attractions themselves as like standalones, if you could look at them in like a bubble, like a microchasm, were awesome. But once you stepped out of that, you really stepped out of being in a place and in yeah. a space where yeah. in, until they did the Wizarding Worlds and that is a whole other level. They did a fantastic yeah. job there. Yeah, Disney has that way of transitioning you between lands too, where it feels somehow natural, even though it is not necessarily natural. Yeah, it's like disjointed. You know, Tomorrowland, yeah. Fantasyland, like, but somehow it works because of the way they transition you from one to the other. But yeah, no, there's so much. When people tell me that they don't like Disney, I was like, you probably just don't realize how much Disney history has influenced our popular culture. It has influenced city design. It has influenced some of our popular sayings. It has influenced our music, our art, our film. Um, and it, so even if you don't like it, everybody's allowed to like what they like. That's fine. But at least respect the fact that the history of it has influenced probably many things you do enjoy. And I think that's important for people to recognize. Perfect. <laughs> no, seriously, like, uh, how do you, you, I can't expand upon something that was so eloquently said. Oh, thanks. But anyway, I'm just excited that we're 50 episodes in for this podcast. And uh, I not remember when we were on episode <laughs> one wearing pirate costumes, rushing through the Pirates of the Caribbean. That was, that was crazy. We literally crammed that into like a three and a half hour podcast episode. I'm like, okay, we need to really do this differently. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for our 50th episode of Distory with Kate and Kirk. We have enjoyed talking about the elephant bathing pool with you all. And we hope that you've heard some new things that you haven't uh, learned before and uh, enjoyed this episode with us. Um, also, if you are interested in getting a shirt, it says I laugh at skipper jokes or I tell skipper jokes, those are available at walruscarp.com. Uh, Kirk sells those ones. So those are really fun ones and they have jokes on the back as well. So, um, thank you for hanging out with us for this episode and we will see you next week, um, for more of the jungle cruise. Have a good night, Kirk and everybody else. Good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. See ya.